I do just want to say that I um, am so appreciative of our church family and all that we've done in terms of um, preparation to help those in society around us. And as I get into what I'm wanting to share for the, the, the message today, I want to say a great big thank you to everybody who participated um, this last Sunday night in our Destiny Drive-In, our first ever Destiny Drive-In. We were right here streaming and broadcasting to the devices that were in the cars out in the parking lot. There were cars everywhere out there. And uh, we kept on saying, you know, honk your hallelujahs, not knowing on the inside of the building that on the outside everybody was honking their hallelujahs so much that they were like, Pentecostal vehicle hallelujah honks, and the entire neighborhood was in upheaval and disruption by the time I went outside. Uh, neighbors had been <laughs> out shouting, please stop honking, um, and because we were continuing to preach and say honk, and then when I'm out there, like Pastor Tabitha is in here, and she's like, really honk it up for Jesus, and so I'm out there, people are honking, I'm hearing the neighbors yelling, they've called the police, the police pull in the parking lot, and I am just like, I am trying to find who is the pastor of this church right now, I do not know. Um, but now everything worked out okay. The police were um, gracious and um, everything concluded. And I actually went over into the neighborhood, talked to the neighbors. I went up to each of them. And, um, and it was interesting. Every neighbor had the same response. They were very hot at first. And uh, then we talked and I shared just a little bit of what we were trying to do in a time where people in such despair, we just tried to lighten it up and just give people an opportunity to come where they would be socially distant in their vehicles. And, um, and the people, one by one, as I would have that conversation, uh, it, they went immediately from being upset to being appreciative of what we had done. And just at, at least they uh, felt understood and heard. And so many times, isn't that what people need? They just need us to be willing to pay attention to how they're feeling and why, voice our um, understanding of where they're coming from and then share so that they can understand where we're coming from. And so for all of our neighbors uh, around the area here, we bless you and uh, sorry that we honked up your evening last Sunday night. Um, I do think it is really important that we begin to address a little more uh, specifically the issue of fear and we want to address the issue of fear from a standpoint of um, really embracing the the practice of God's presence in our lives. And in fact, the way we address fear is to actually practice His presence. And so I want to walk that out with you uh, just a little bit in this message. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, which is a verse that we recently took a look at. And I want you to think about this particular word that I explained in a message um, two weeks ago. Last week, A.T. brought a word, and I'm going to address a piece of his message that really spoke to me. But two weeks ago, I spoke um, of that Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, and it says these powerful, powerful words. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, I want you to remember what that Hebrew word is that translates peace. And as you think about that, I, I want to just ask you to say that word out loud right there in your homes right now. What is that Hebrew word? Just go ahead and declare it in your home as you speak and release that word, shalom. 
There's something very powerful about the shalom of God. And I want to just reiterate that as we, um, as we get into this today, that shalom, that Hebrew word shalom, translates peace more than anything else. But then it translates, second, secondly, it translates prosperity. I know right now we're in a time where our peace has seemingly been disrupted and our economy seems to be disrupted. Um, the third word that's translated out of, uh, from shalom, the, the third most common word translated from shalom is health. So we've got peace, prosperity, or the economy, and health. And these are the three things that I believe God has already answered the questions that we're asking by providing supernatural shalom into our lives. When we, uh, when we embrace the word and the will of God and we walk in the shalom that he desires for us to possess, then we're releasing something of God's kingdom everywhere we go in the earth. That is who we are. We are not victims of circumstance that are just wondering how this is all going to turn out. We are men and women of God. We're sons and daughters of God who understand what it is to stand in the presence of God. And I believe God is taking us into a place where we learn the presence of God as a way of life, in the way we walk things out. So recognize and remember, I talked about how despair is the absence of shalom in all of its meanings. And that's not who we are. We're not people of despair. We're people of God's presence. We really are the expression of God's love to our world. Now, last Sunday when we started in the 930 uh, service time. It was interesting because we had like online uh, overload and the system overloaded and shut down. And so many people that were on the 930 um, didn't get to see the first eight to nine minutes. And so I want to encourage you to go back and watch that because I gave a very specific word and directive to our church family and we watched and celebrated the Destiny drive through. Um, and that was not the drive-in where we all came to have a time of just refreshing, but a drive-through was when we invited people from the community who had need to show up, and we wanted to hand them food. So all they did was drive in the parking lot, we gave them a bag of food, and they were able to go. But we had such a massive outpouring that the line went all the way around the building and all the way down 29th Street to Sunny Lane. The mayor wind up calling the police to come and direct the traffic. And we, Destiny Family, served 1,256 people that day. So it was a great opportunity for us as a church to say, we're not just going to step back but we're going to step up. In a time when there's a need, we want to do the best we can. So I just want to say again, thank you for giving as a church family so that we can continue to offer support, help, strength, life, and encouragement into our community and for our church family as well. It's very important that we understand those of us that uh, maybe our, our jobs have uh, come into a place of question. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of navigating through how we're going to manage that. There are those uh, others of us that our jobs are not in question and God is providing. And so this is not a time to give less, it's a time to give more so that we can provide for those that are in need. And I just want to encourage you in staying the course. Let's walk in a place of shalom and let's provide that which God desires to express in the earth as we continue together as a family to make sure needs are being met. We're mobilizing phone calls, contacts, interactions in every possible way to uh, just make sure we're reaching out to our church family, staying in touch through our community groups and a variety of avenues, and we'll continue to do that to make sure everybody is doing well, praying for everyone. Uh, many people are truly desperate right now, and I just want to encourage you in something to understand. Desperate people typically turn to God. 
Uh, you know, this is a time where we as the church need to not be stumbling around, but we need to be awake, spiritually alert, and ready and prepared to really be available to minister to the people that are asking uh, what's going on. Now more than ever, we need to be positioned to really recognize and understand people are looking for an opportunity to really figure out how they can fulfill that which they all sense. We all have eternity in our hearts, the Bible speaks, and so uh, there's a sense within every single one of us that we start asking, all right, what's this bigger picture that exists within me that I know I'm designed to live for? So this week, we're, we're publishing a simple gospel presentation, and I want to do this for two reasons. On our website, you can click on the resource tab, and you'll see that there. But it's a simple gospel presentation, a very brief presentation of an understanding of the love of Christ, that Jesus came, that we might have life. And I want to do that for two reasons. The first reason is because I want our church family to be able to watch that and understand it's very easy to present the gospel. I want you to feel the sense of the maturity as a believer to be able to share the gospel yourself with others. And the second reason is you will have that link to share social media um, with others uh, if, if you prefer to do that. But honestly, this is that season where I believe the church is to rise up and become more mature as a result of everything that we're walking out and that's why I want to challenge you with your priorities and the way that you're setting your priorities. We, we know as a church family that our, our patterns speak of our priorities. So it's pretty important that we consider developing these daily patterns and routines that we can really rely on in our lives that help us embrace the things that matter the most. And what I mean by that is perhaps develop a pattern, you know, we're, we're now in a different pattern, we're in a different routine, we're kind of struggling to find what's the routine we're to be in with a change of schedule the way it is, and we're, in many instances, our families in our homes. And I would encourage you, in the morning time, spend time in prayer and in the Word alone with God, just listening to what He has to say. And then purpose an afternoon or evening time as another pattern or another rhythm of the day where you spend time in prayer and reading Scripture with your family or with with friends. Just purposing that pattern morning and evening or morning and afternoon would be very helpful. Also, on that same tab on our website, if you click the resource tab, you'll find there uh, the rhythm of prayer. And that is actually a message, a series that we did a couple of years ago that will help you understand the reason why we were suggesting which days of the week to pray with a specific emphasis. It's an interesting layout and progression of each day of the week, but it's a seven-day prayer schedule layout, and I would encourage you to discover that as a rhythm that you begin to step into. Watch for announcements that are coming because we are launching, um, we hope it will be daily, uh, Destiny How To um, Invites where we will have, in some instances, Zoom calls where people will be gathered together. In other instances, there will be live uh, broadcast videos, Facebook, and so forth. But we want to do some different things. And one of those that we're, we're working on right now that we'll be launching this um, past week, and, and you'll have information on it by uh, Sunday when you're hearing this, but we want to talk to parents about how to creatively work with your kids when you're trying to manage their education now at home. 
And so even, you know, just getting some people who do this as teachers to give us some ideas about what the schedule might look like to be most effective, purposing a recess time and what those blocks might be in terms of the course of the uh, schedule of the day, just any ideas to be creative with that. And uh, we're going to be setting those into motion so that you can tune in online, get some creative ideas. We're talking about how to develop an intentional family life and legacy overall. And really Really developing a strategy and a plan for your future that's beyond your life, but really strategically walking that out. So that'll be one of our uh, invites that we'll be hosting uh, in the progression, different days, different focal points. We talked in our staff meeting today about the possibility with everybody uh, in many respects being in the home together. We thought about hosting a destiny, how to keep from killing each other when you're stuck in your house together. So we're working on that one as well, and I'm not sure uh, when that will come out. But um, I want to just challenge you in these times, really, honestly. Search for what God is doing. Don't just be frustrated with each other in these times of being, you know, cabin feverish. Uh, but actually search for what God is up to in this situation. And I think it's really significant. Last week, uh, as A.T. spoke, you know, he talked about... Um, something that hit, hit close to home, I think, for all of us. And he said, I want you just to, to imagine for a moment you've just gone to work. And when you walk into work, you're told that everything has happened the way it's happened and now cutbacks are taking place and as of today, uh, you no longer have a job. And then you walk out. Imagine you walk out of, of your work and you get in your car and you're driving home and you have a car accident. And now you're looking at your car in an accident and you've lost your job. And he just challenged us all to just stop for a moment and reflect. How do you feel in that moment? And as I was sitting there just thinking about the heaviness of that situation and those parameters that he was describing, he then introduced another variable and I want to do the same. Now change that dynamic. You've, same thing has happened. Gone to work, you've lost your job, you've had an accident, you've wrecked your car. But the different variable is you're there looking at your car, you're okay, you weren't injured, and your father is Bill Gates. And it changes that dynamic. And why is it that it changes the dynamic? Because you have a sense of confidence that your father has the means and the resource to take care of you in your time of need. And I want to challenge you to understand the Bible says not only do, does an earthly father know how to care for the needs of his children, but even more so, our heavenly father knows how to care for the needs of his children. And I just say, just realize this. God is not just some impersonal force out there in the galaxy. The Bible reveals clearly God is our father in heaven. He is our father in heaven who cares for our needs, ministers to to us as his children, and there's nothing we're walking through that doesn't absolutely have his undivided attention. I don't know how he does it, but he does it with every single one of us. So I encourage you in this regard, recognize Psalms 112 has been this constant uh, portion of scripture that, that I've been praying and that we've been agreeing over, and it's just very simple. In the Living Bible, it says this, God's constant care for us. God's constant care for us will make a deep impression on all who see it.
In other words, he will care for us in such a way that the people around us will notice God's hand is on our life. They won't understand why we're not shrinking back in just total panic, but we actually have a sense of power and a sense of almost defiance to what's going on in the world around us, a sense of strength, a sense of life. It's just like no matter what's come my way, I know my dad has the means and the resource to take care of my life. And out of that, out of that presence central relationship that we have with God, we have this incredible sense of confidence. The more in touch we are with God's Word, the more confident we become as sons and daughters of God. So it is really important that we be in touch with God's Word. I heard somebody share one time, and it was a really interesting explanation, but there are 365 times in the Bible that the Bible says, fear not. 365 days in the year, 365 times in the Bible that it says fear not. There is a fear not for every day of every week of every month of the entire year that we read in Scripture. Now, I was listening to a guy that was actually a skeptic, and he was questioning this. And so I actually thought, well, I want to make sure that I have the right information. So I just took one specific translation, and I began to explore it for the purpose of this message today that I'm bringing. And I found in that one translation, it, uh, the Bible actually speaks of fear over 500 times. You not only have enough fear not and God addressing fear for him to address a different way every single day of every week of every month of the entire year. You have an abundance of that happening in your life more than every day. So over the course of a day, multiple times, you might need to to take captive every thought and declare, God is my Father. He will take control. He will take care of my needs. I can constantly rely on him. I I don't know. It's interesting to me, but, but the three Hebrew children in the book of Daniel, we read about how they were thrown into the fire and God rescued them. I I don't know why God doesn't always rescue us from the fire. Sometimes he rescues us in the fire, but I know he's the father that rescues us either in or from the fire every single time. We can rely on him. We can trust in him and we can press into him. And so I, I just realized looking at this and evaluating the, the power of fear and the power of faith and how the power of fear doesn't have as much power as the power of faith does when we press in and have the confidence that comes from God. But when we allow ourselves to drift into a mindset and an attitude of fear, <clears throat> we're, we're deviating away from what God's Word has to say about our lives, our health, our wellness, our family, our situation, then it's interesting the word worry comes from an old English term that means strangle or choke. And that's exactly what worry does. It chokes us, um, literally choking us from a sense of, of inability to breathe. You know, God breathed life into Adam. And we're to pray without ceasing, breathing in and breathing out, breathing in and breathing out. And when God breathed life into Adam, what God was breathing into Adam was his spirit. And the word spirit translates also the word breath. And I believe it is very important for us to understand prayer is to the body. Uh, Sorry, what air is to the body, what prayer is to the spirit. 
When you're breathing in your body, you're, you're, you're giving oxygen and life. And when you're praying in your spirit, you're bringing life and strength. That's why the Bible says men ought always to pray and not to faint. Because if you're praying, you're not fainting. But equally so, if you're fainting, you're not praying. And I just want to encourage you today, make sure you're breathing in what God is wanting you to breathe in so that you'll have the strength and the courage and the faith to exhale and express what God has designed you to express. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I am with you. And I want you to think of what this is describing, these two elements. First, fear is removed in the presence of God. Fear not, for I am with you. When God is with us, fear is eradicated from our lives. I believe that you and I are called by God to learn to live lives filled with God's presence, filled with God's power, and free from the fear the enemy wants to try and use to paralyze and strangle and choke us, where we stop praying and interacting with God because we've become so inundated with the circumstances that surround our lives. And I just break that in the body of Christ right now in Jesus' mighty name. May we press in and receive everything that God wants us to receive so that we'll be strengthened to become all that he has called us to become. So think about this, I am with you for a moment. Fear not, for I am with you. I want to ask you, practice the presence of God in your times of prayer. Practice the presence of God in your times of reading Scripture. Make sure you're not just doing a rhythm routine without acknowledging this is not about reading a book this is about sitting with the author and experiencing his presence in our lives. Fear not, for I am with you. The great I am is right here, right now with us. I began to read this verse, and his presence began to come. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I want to declare this again, and I want to remind you of the promise that God made to me today as I was praying and asking Him what He wanted to do in these moments. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to invade, and the presence of God will come as you begin to declare my word. And so I'm declaring God's word, and I believe His presence is filling your home right now. I believe God's presence begins to do something in your heart in these moments. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Your action point this week is that you will focus on some strategic verses that you want to read through. And as you read through those verses, I'm just saying, I sense it of the Lord. He is promising to perpetuate this in our lives. That as you read the Word, this is just a season. It's been crazy for me, but in my devotion time, in my quiet time, I'll open the Scripture, and as soon as I begin to read, I just suddenly sense the presence of God. It's been an overwhelming time for all of us in many respects. Respects, but no matter how overwhelmed I have felt over the past week or so, even more so I have felt the nearness of God. Fear not, for I am with you. God is with us no matter what we are walking through. And I challenge you this week. 
get some verses of Scripture. I'm going to read through a bunch of verses of Scripture right now. Just as the worship team is playing and preparing, we're going to begin to press in and worship after I read through these verses. But I want to just challenge you to understand that these are verses that you can get on the blog and you can actually let these be your strategic verses in this week ahead that you're reading and and cooperating with what God is desiring. You can go back and watch this over and over, this segment uh, this week. Play it in your homes as as you hear these verses and you're sensing what God is up to. And I'm just declaring I want to pray through some of these. 1 Timothy 1.18 This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by those prophecies you will fight the good fight. By those prophecies you will fight the good fight. Lord, I thank you that there are prophecies and promises that you have given us. There are promises that we have heard, promises that we will read. And when we embrace those promises in an attitude of faith, they become prophecies to be fulfilled in our lives. And your word says that we're not to sit back skeptically uh, evaluating promises that have been made or prophecies that have come. But your word says right here in this scripture that we're to take those prophecies up as weapons of our warfare and by those prophecies we will fight the good fight of faith in Jesus' mighty name. Those prophecies will begin to shape our attitude of expectation because of the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, for Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 10 specifically, the entire chapter is about the valley of very dry bones. And a very important question that God asks in this particular storyline, he says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And I'm just declaring many of us feel like we're standing in a valley of very dry bones right now. And God is asking, can these bones live? What he's saying is, do you see the temporal limitation or can you see what I've called you to see? Because if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Can these bones live? Your opinion about your situation matters. I challenge you to think about this on a deeper level in your life. Your opinion about your job situation matters. Your opinion about your health situation matters. Your opinion about everything that's going on with the coronavirus matters. Can these bones live? This is why God asked Ezekiel, because our opinion matters. And when we begin to embrace the opinion of God, we begin to declare the truth of God. Exodus chapter 1, verse 12, the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. Father, we thank you that we were born for adversity. There's something in every one of us that has the capacity of a king that went into a grave filled with death and the stench of death actually was reversed by the power of resurrection. That's just who we are because we are born from you. We are the sons and daughters of this risen king in Jesus' name. 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. May the Lord direct our hearts into God's love and into the very perseverance of Jesus Christ. Thank you that you came into humanity and you suffered and you died and you went the full length of of death in that crucifixion of persevering to the very end. On our behalf, that very perseverance is what exists 
within us, and we thank you for it, Lord. Psalms 118, verse 13 and 14. I just sense the Lord declaring this is a really significant verse for some people that are listening right now. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. And Father, I just thank you that though we feel pushed back and about to fall at times, you help us and you strengthen us to be able to move forward. 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. This is a fight and we are commissioned by God to fight. Let's, let's not beg God for easy circumstances. Let's just stay in a fighter's frame of mind because we're called to this fight in Jesus' mighty name. Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. We will pass through waters, but God is with us. We will fear not because I am with you, declares the Lord, when we pass through those waters. Jeremiah 1, 19. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. They will fight against you. I'm just releasing an atmosphere right now in your home. Receive this atmosphere and this attitude of faith in your home, over your family, over your situation. There will be adversaries that will come against you, but they will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord our God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just a number of verses, 8 and 9, 16 and 17, Paul declares, we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We're persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Father, you said to us coming into this year that we are to fix our eyes on the unseen things. We're understanding a little more why and what you were preparing us for. I thank you that you're awakening us out of our slumber where we begin to see the things that you see with greater clarity and greater certainty in Jesus' name. Psalms chapter 27. I'm going to read the entire chapter. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above my enemies who surround me at His sacred tent. I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek His face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. 
Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and my mother may forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord. Psalms 112, I declare it. We will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care for us will make a deep impression on all who see it. We will not fear bad news nor live in dread of what might happen for we have settled in our minds that Jehovah will take care of us and that is why we are not afraid but can calmly face adversity. Lord, we lift up your name right here in our homes, Lord. I pray an atmosphere of your presence would begin to prevail in an amazing and profound fashion. Lord, help us to grow deeper as we awaken out of our slumber and not only address our fears, but we address, Lord, how we have not been in a posture and a place where you desired for us to be and what the devil meant for evil God is going to use for good, and the church is coming alive as we press in and worship. Come on, let's declare His presence is invading our hearts and our homes.